Saturday morning and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, on this wonderful November Saturday morning. You know, it's cold. Winter's upon us. It's definitely that time of year where it's the gardening season's over. It's that in-between season of what do we do outside? What do we think about we're going to do? You know, it's November 16th, so mid-November, and the holiday season's upon us. You know, Thanksgiving's coming right up. You know, we had our wonderful, wonderful evening with Esther Brooks this past Thursday. It was a wonderful event, great attendance. Uh, Main Markets did a great job of bringing in some wonderful vendors and different, you know, products for you to, to, uh, you know, purchase for the holiday season and of course Rosemont did a great job with with their wine tasting. Everybody had a great great time. It was really uplifting and fun and you know that's what both the holidays are supposed to be. So, you know, going forward into the holidays, we have another upcoming event by Main Markets. You know, all these local artisans really are very creative. They really have a lot of things to offer that is different than what you can find at the mall or or other places. So we have our greenhouse market coming up on the 23rd and 24th. Now, here's a little tip. On this greenhouse market, some of the vendors can only be there on Saturday. So you may want to make an opportune decision to actually come on Saturday. And then if you need to come back, if you see something and you want to come back and and purchase it on Sunday, a lot of people will be there on Sunday also. But Saturday... All the vendors will be there. And it's great because this is a wonderful use of our empty greenhouses. You know, if you come to the Yarmouth store and in the spring you see the three big houses down at the bottom of the hill that are filled with annuals, now they're going to be filled with something else. Something that might be different, might be an you know, a, a real nice opportunity to, to buy something different as a gift for somebody you love. And so come check us out. It'll be Saturday and Sunday, the 23rd and 24th of November. And then we also have Christmas with alpacas a couple weeks after that. And we'll be talking more about that in the near future. But one thing I want to kind of discuss is how are your house plants doing at this point? Because now is the time of year when we start to see the houseplants really start to show the signs of struggling, okay? I don't know about you, but it is dark. You know, we've had the time change. You know, now it's just winter dark. And our plants really are affected in a, in a very drastic way at this time of year. Maine gets so dark in the off season that plants just don't thrive. And we've talked about, you know, adding the supplemental light by, you know, putting a a lamp on a timer with a 100-watt light bulb in it and all of those things. So, you know, if you haven't heard that, you know, you can go back to past shows. You can pick up our podcast at estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. And you can also submit questions there. You know, so if you're having problems with some of these plants, don't hesitate to post them there also. But I've noticed, you know, on a lot of houseplants we have, uh, you know, there's leaves dropping, you know, things aren't taking up as much moisture, you know, so I've had to cut back on the water. You really should be limiting your fertilizer now because they're not taking up a lot of water. So I wanted to talk a little bit about fertilizer on houseplants because we, we've touched base about that all season long and how you should be fertilizing and watering on your houseplants. And now in this off-season, it's really important for us to discuss how little these plants need. 
because this is the time of year when you can overdo water and fertilizer. So fertilization on houseplants in the winter months, really it's about once a month. And you may only be watering twice a month. Because it's so dark and they're not transmitting, you know, transpiring a lot of uh, moisture, even if your home is dry, they may not be taking up that much moisture. So humidity is really important for, for plants inside. And it doesn't matter if it's houseplants or poinsettias or cyclamen or any of your holiday season, maybe you have pot mums, whatever it might be, humidity is really important. So if you have the wood stove going or a fireplace, you're sucking all that humidity out of the air. The other thing it's really good for us as our environment in the home to have that humidity. It's good for our skin. It's good for our well-being. You know, just really, really, really important that we keep that humidity up. It also makes the heat feel that much warmer. Now, obviously, we don't want to add too much humidity. You don't want the walls to, you know, be growing mold, (laughs) for instance. So we've talked a lot about how you can add that. So underneath your house plants, fill all your saucers with rock and fill them with water. So the plants aren't sitting down in the water, but it, it evaporates over time. If you have any type of little fountains or a humidifier, you know, make sure and clean those periodically and add more humidity. Sometimes it's good just boil a pot of water on the stove. And I do this periodically at our house. You know, if it's a real cold, cold night, sometimes I'll just put a pot on the stove, an extra large pot filled with water and just let it boil for a while. And it'll just raise the humidity in the home. And periodically, if you do that, it will make a huge huge difference. So it it doesn't have to be high tech. You don't have to have a humidifier that you have to clean, you know, the the filters and do all of this stuff. Sometimes just as simple as a nice old-fashioned pot. Throw some spaghetti in there and have a, a fun evening. It's very simple, but humidity is really important and now that we've closed up our homes, it's really important that we raise that humidity. So, number 1, cut back on your water, cut back on your fertilizer. And also raise the humidity in your home. Inspect your plants for insects. Spider mites are starting to go crazy. You know, we've had enough time in the house and the plants are stressed a little bit. That's the time when spider mites will start to activate. And then, of course, our poinsettias are looking amazing in the greenhouse. And so maybe you started to pick those up and start decorating for your holiday season. Always watch you know, those for white flies, it doesn't matter how clean the plant is, they're attracted. There may be white flies in your home on other plants and they will be attracted to the poinsettia and they'll harbor them for the whole season long. So be careful. It's that time of year. Think about coming to our greenhouse market, you know, like I talked about earlier, the 23rd and 24th. It's going to be a great event, a lot of cool vendors We'll have a whole host of different things, okay? We're going to probably be redoing some of our things we did on our evening at Estabrooks also, where you can see us putting containers together. You can, you know, see us decorating wreaths. We'll be working like little elves in the greenhouse at that point. All of our stuff is starting to arrive, okay? A bunch of our material has come in the week of the 11th, so we have wreaths now, we have our West Coast greens, you know, a lot of things, all of our tips are in, so your fir and your and your uh, pine and all of that has started to arrive. Our Christmas trees are coming next week. I know, that sounds really early, right? 
So I wanted to talk a little bit about Christmas trees because not everybody understands how Christmas trees are harvested and how they are shipped and what time frame that's all done in. So unless you're going to a cut-your-own-Christmas-tree farm, you know, one of those lovely farms that you can go, you can take the family, you, you physically cut down your tree, you drag it to the car, you load it, do all the work, that's how you know your Christmas tree is cut appropriately. Okay, it's cut fresh, you take it, you bring it, you put it in the water, you put it in the stand, it's ready to go. Here's the actual truth of Christmas trees. Most Christmas trees are cut by now. Okay, and it's logical when you think about a few things. Number one, they want to cut them before it snows. If it snows on the Christmas trees, then they cut them, then they wrap them. The weight is a lot more, which costs more for them to ship. So here's what happens to a Christmas tree. The Christmas trees are cut typically in early November. They're brought to a holding yard and they're stood straight up with the butt of the tree sticking actually in soil or mud. The tree continues to suck up moisture, okay, because it's a fresh cut, just like when you cut your tree off and put it in the Christmas tree stand. It will continue to suck up moisture. Now, what they do is they nest all of these together, and they either cover them or they're in a shady location. So they're really not out in the sun. So every live Christmas tree or dead Christmas tree, however you want to look at it, is actually cut in early November. Now, there are some that are cut later for reorder or whatnot, but primarily all of the Christmas trees are ordered and shipped early in the season. Now, if you see a truck going down the turnpike in early December, the likelihood is those trees were still cut in early November, okay? It doesn't mean that the tree isn't fresh because now the temperatures are nice and cold and the trees aren't transpiring any moisture. The number one important thing about a Christmas tree is a fresh cut and lukewarm water when you first bring it into the house. As that tree gets warmed up in your environment, in your home, you need to have the moisture there for it to be taken up in the tree. Now, I'm not a huge proponent of adding a whole bunch to my water. There are many different additives you can add, and they do work well. But for me, the biggest Thing is making sure you have room temperature water, okay, when you fill your Christmas tree stand. Not cold water, not hot water. Room temperature water. And that can be you can just mix hot and cold water and get it temperate, you know, so that when you fill your, te- your, your stand, it really, as the tree thaws out, it will take up that moisture. The first seven days, it's important to fill your stand twice a day. And I know we're talking about Christmas trees early, But the reason I'm talking about it early is because every single year there are numerous customers that come in and are like, when was your tree cut? And I tell them, you know, before Thanksgiving. It's always before Thanksgiving, you know. And ours are cut typically a day before we receive them. Our grower is great. He's in the greater Bangor area. He does a wonderful job. And you can tell he cuts them and he ships them. You know, it's a great situation, smaller farm does a really nice job for us. But with Christmas trees, you need to get that moisture up in. Now, here's another tip, and we'll talk about this probably next week some more also. Go out now and pull out your Christmas tree stand. I know, it's early, but go out now because you know what's going to happen. You're going to come to the store and you're going to say, I don't remember, was that Christmas tree stand still worth using? 
last year, you know, I think we thought we might want to replace it. You know, I don't know. Can we get another year out of it? It's nothing worse than getting a Christmas tree stand home and it's either too small or one of the legs is broken or it doesn't hold enough moisture. A good Christmas tree stand's going to at least ha- hold half a gallon, if not more. So inspect your Christmas tree stand before you come to buy a Christmas tree. And I don't care where you buy your Christmas tree, as long as it's local, it's grown in Maine, look for that. That, to me, is really important when it comes to a Christmas tree. Support local farms. If you're going to a cut-your-own-Christmas-tree farm, you're, you're supporting a local farm in your economy. It's a great way. You know, you go to a box store, they're shipped out of North Carolina, they're shipped out of Canada. You know, support your local grower and ask where your trees are grown. Now, Christmas trees are a little bit tougher because they're a lot of times done on the border. And a lot of times, you know, they'll they'll come in from Canada and be actually done in Canada and ship to a supplier just over the border. And so you think you're buying them from a main company, which you are, but they were actually produced in Canada. So you got to be a little bit cautious about that. So a whole host of things, and we're going to continue the discussion about Christmas as we kind of go along. But it's still late fall, and it's still time to kind of do a lot of those things preventatively for next year. So we're going to have uh, Art Crockett from Bonide coming on today, and he's going to be talking about some of the preventative things we need to do, like deer repellents. He's going to talk about some of the insecticides we might want to do over the winter months, whether it be on our fruit trees or magnolias or you know other things that have sucking insects that we can smother with an oil or some other product. We're going to talk about repellents, like I said, you know, the deer. This is the time when you need to start being really vigilant about deer, okay? And now is a perfect time. We still have those days where it's nice and sunny. It's above freezing, you know, and I wanted to remind you about the wilt proof because wilt proof at this point is the perfect time. Now, when we talked with the folks at wilt proof, it was really important, and he had a great way to test whether it was the right time to actually put wilt proof on during the day or not. He said just spray a little water on the plant. If it freezes, you know it's still too cold. If it doesn't freeze, you know it's the perfect time to put on wilt proof. So that's the tip for this week. Get out there and apply your wilt proof depending on the weather. If not, look for that one nice day. And we have them. We have them all the time where, you know, you're just sitting in the sun. It's a wonderful situation. Now, with Wiltproof, you have to think about the location of your plants. Now, some of your plants that are in the sun in the morning, maybe you have to apply them in the morning. And then maybe you have to wait till afternoon to do the other side of the house because they'd be in the sun and the leaf would be warmed up. So you may not be able to apply everything all at once. Using a lukewarm water, not a cold water, is important also to make sure that the wilt-proof mixes well. So if you spray in the morning part of your yard, take that sprayer and put it indoors and keep it warm until you do the part in the afternoon. Don't set it in the garage and let it get cold. It'll separate. It won't work as effectively. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB.
The holidays should be a time for celebrating tradition while bringing family and friends together. Unfortunately, it often turns into a season of frustration and stress. Simplify your holidays by visiting Estabrooks in Yarmouth. Learn how to decorate with lifelike artificial greens that provide all the beauty and none of the mess. Have a design expert tailor an elegant centerpiece for your holiday table or pick up a thoughtful gift from the Garden Emporium. Thanks to Estabrooks, your holidays can be beautiful and stress-free at the same time. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of the holidays. Fall is in the air, leaves are changing, pumpkins turning, and fall is the best time to plant trees, shrubs, and perennials. You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at MainIGC.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at MainIGC.com. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we're late fall, you know, mid-November, you know, we're talking a little bit of Christmas trees, you know, Thanksgiving's coming, you know, it's the holiday season, but we still have some last-minute things we need to think about out there in the garden. And today we've got Art Crockett from uh, Bonide with us. Art, how are you? I'm real fine, Tom. How are you, sir? I'm great. So it's late season. You know, we've pretty much gone through the whole thing. We've we've been doing all of our maintenance on our plants. We've done everything we can this fall on our on our uh, vegetable gardens and and also on our lawns. But at this time of year, it's that time of year when we need to start thinking about repelling, you know, mice, and we need to think about repelling deer and all that. So let's talk a little bit about kind of some of the products that you have that work really well for those problems that are late season. Okay, Tom. Well, you first mentioned mice, and that is a problem uh, starting late fall and through the winter, uh, especially uh, around garden sheds and, well, a lot of locations. I think about my lawnmower. A couple of years ago, the mice came into my garden shed and ate all the wires out of my lawnmower and made a nest right in the thing. That kind of gets and, expensive, uh, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, it was it was aggravating, let me tell you, and a mess, too. Absolutely. So since then, I've been using our mouse magic. I don't know why I didn't have it that year, but... But uh, Mouse Magic is uh, a safe, non-toxic product that works fabulously to keep mice out of uh, areas like garden sheds, etc. cetera. Uh, I have a friend of mine that has a boat that he wraps up for the winter, and he puts it in there, Mouse Magic, before that. Uh, I know people that put it in campers to store for the winter. Mouse Magic, again, I mentioned is safe, and what it does is it repels the mice uh, without hurting them, uh, makes them go away. You know, if you think about it, if you put down bait, you're actually attracting them with the bait, but the mice don't like the mouse magic, they just don't come around at all. It would work great in a seasonal camp. That's right. If you're closing down your cottage or whatever for the winter and not going to be there for a while, I know you probably, uh, in past years, you might have come back to find a nice surprise when you get back, but and the mouse magic, they just won't come. And mouse magic is what? It's a bunch of oils, correct? That's right. It's actually just a peppermint oil and a spearmint oil, so again, safe and and it, what it does is it actually uh, irritates the, the nasal passages of the mice and just makes them want to, you know, go elsewhere. So it doesn't hurt them at all. It just makes them want to leave. Once you try Mouse Magic, my, my experience has been, you know, and this is a product that we continue to grow and sell more every year because once people try it and it's so easy, you just put it out, you know, and they, they just aren't around, you know. And let's face it, here in Maine, 
we have a lot of old homes, you know, a lot of old granites, you know, basements and rock basements. There's no way to fill all those cracks, holes, crevices where the mice can come in. Getting it down probably a little earlier than this is probably a great scenario also, don't you think? Oh, I think so. You know, uh, animals of all types, they, they make habits, and if you can stop them at the very beginning before they start them, you know, so to get the mouse magic down early would definitely uh, make it more effective. Yeah. Okay, so we, we're, we're taking care of the mice. You know, we hopefully we've either, a lot of customers have already got their mouse magic down. It's also good at this time of year just to repel from certain areas in your, your home, like maybe the pantry or whatnot. Even if you do have mice in the house, then you can use some of the other products, you know, in your basement or whatnot. But let's talk about what I like to call the long-legged woodchuck or other known as deer. They tend to come into our yards this time of year and just absolutely buzzsaw through many plants like rhododendrons, hollies, arborvitae, cedars, you know, all sorts of things. So what do you have to really help ward off some of those problems? Well, Tom, i got to tell you, I've never heard them called long-legged woodchucks. But, uh, <laughs> I, gotta, I hope you don't mind. I'd like to use that one if I can. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Uh, those deer are trouble, and uh, they can do so much damage after all the work you do to keep your landscape looking good. And here come the deer in the winter time, especially when the snow's coming. And so again, uh, it's important to get things taken care of before they start making their habit. And so we have a product called Repelzol, which is a mixture of several products that, well, frankly, just don't smell or taste very good, like <laughs> rotten right. eggs, and, uh, et cetera. It's, it's really kind of you know, garlic, and it's a little on the smelly side, mm-hmm. but that's, that makes it worse. It makes it work. I mean, Correct. oil, onion is in there, uh, dried blood. So our Repelzol is a mixture of, of several different smelly products, frankly, that uh, keep those deer away. To get it out now is key because, again, once those deer start making their habit of where they want to go, then they'll come back. And, you know, in the wintertime when it gets real snow-covered that even uh, the best of the repellents might not keep them away if they have no other food. But if they're not used to coming to a certain area to begin with, then they won't come, you know, once that snow is out. So mm-hmm. so get that stuff down now. Repels all. It comes in a concentrate. comes in a hose-in. It's in a ready-to-use if you have a small application. It's long-lasting. It's real easy to hook it up to the hose and go out and spray it or put it in a hose-in sprayer and, and get the j- job done. This time of year here in Maine, it's kind of tough to use a hose just because it's so darn cold. And we've shut all our water off outside. So, you know, would you recommend we mix this with, like, a, a, a not a, a hot water, but more temperate water, just, you know, room temperature to make sure that it's going to work well in a sprayer? It's actually not absolutely necessary. If you have chilly water, it'll still work fine. You mm-hmm. just have to keep agitating the product, you know, if uh, a hose-in is difficult or a hose-in sprayer, then certainly a pump-up type sprayer is not, you know, that will work fine, too. If you have warm water, that'll probably be more comfortable doing it, but uh, uh, it's really not absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, pump-up type or a backpack type, really any kind of applicator would would work. And let's talk about, you know, is there specific temperatures you need to do this? And, and also, what's the typical length when we should think about reapplying? Because I think, you know, a lot of times customers, they really go out and they do all of these things that we tell them to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's mid-February and we're not thinking about it anymore. 
you know so how, how, how often do you you know obviously mother nature and weather kind of comes into play but you know talk to us a little bit about that it's better to do it above freezing of course mm-hmm. um and safer for the plants etc although it's you know real safe product the product itself will will last for two months but you're not going to want to get out there in January and February to, to apply it if the uh, snow is pretty deep. Right. So that's why I suggest to start early and, again, to stop the, the, uh, the habits that the deer make. And then, you know, keep an eye on the weather report. And if you know that it's going to start getting worse, maybe get out there one last time before the real heavy-duty snow comes. Right. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can get it through the winter uh, with a later application. So the, the product does last two months, though. And it it's really kind of, it seems important to me, and we've talked with Wilt Proof and a few other people about, you know, some of, some of the things, you know, as we get later on in the season, you know, we hit that late February time frame. We always get a few of those days where it is above freezing, and we get that little warm spell, and you've got to kind of keep that in the back of your head to get through that dreaded March time frame where it seems like the deer are the hungriest. They're almost will do anything to get into your yard and, and attack your plants. And so, you know, that late February, early March is the time when we need to pick our spot to really get another application in. That's right. If we catch it before the mud season when it's, and, and the deer are really out there when the snow, you know, by then they're getting hungry, like you said. And, and uh, so if you can catch a day later on, February or March, absolutely take advantage of that, you know, to get you through the rest of the year, keep those deer out of there. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you go ahead and you do all of these things and you follow those steps, it works very well. If you skip steps along the way with any deer repellent, and repels all I've found has really done a great job for our customers, you know, it, it it's just you've got to be diligent about doing it. And doing the perimeter of your property is probably the most important and then working in towards the house, you know, as you see damage occur. But if you seem to get that woodland area and the and the key plants that they typically go to, like you said, you change that pattern and the deer tend to go elsewhere to eat. It's nothing wrong with sending the deer over to your neighbor's yard instead of your yard, right? Well, I guess you could look at it that way. Those, uh, <laughs> what was it? The long-legged woodchuck? That's that right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> my grandfather used to use that, you know, because he always had woodchuck problems in the garden. And then all of a sudden, the deer started becoming more of a problem. So I, I can't claim that one fully. My grandfather was the one that, that kind of pulled that one out. Um, I see. Well, yeah. that's good. Well, you know, one other thing, Tom, is that uh, Repels All actually works on woodchucks and a long list of other problems, squirrels and skunks and, you know, you name it, it, it raccoons. There's several different things that the repels all works for. Uh, yep. You know, this time of year, actually, we have a granular product that people, uh, a good idea to use in your perennial gardens where you have problems where the moles and the voles or the uh, shrews and the mice want to come and uh, eat your perennials over the winter, too. So it comes in a granule as well as a liquid. Yep. And so repels all does kind of a whole bunch of things. Let's talk, uh, let's move on to, you know, it's that dormant time of year. 
And, you know, there's a whole host of insects and diseases and things that show up throughout the growing season. Is this a good time to think about doing some applications also of like a dormant oil, you know, or or something to kind of smother insects on, say, you know, like magnolia. We have a lot of scale on magnolia. Is this a, a good time to try to get some of that done also? Actually, this is an excellent time to take care of several problems similar to that. And the dormant oil spray, ours is called All Seasons Oil. It can be used all year round for different purposes, but this time of year, uh, as a dormant application is very important for the magnolia you mentioned. Uh, you can do it on the uh, on your holly, on on really any any uh, deciduous plant that might have an insect that uh, has laid eggs or overwintering fruit trees. It's perfect for mm-hmm. uh, the all seasons oil. Really has a lot of uses, and right now is the time. So let's talk a little bit about. There's two different rates. There's an in-season and a dormant season, and I just want to go over that because I don't think customers understand that, that this product can be used all year long, but we need to be careful about the sun in the summer months, but it's different rates for different times of year. That's right. I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, you know, good time to also mention that, you know, we always recommend that the consumers read the label before they use it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good information on there. Our website has all the labels to all our products there. So if you ever want to take a look at something, it's easier to read it, uh, for me anyway, right on my computer rather than trying to read the fine print on the on the packaging. I agree with that. You know, those labels are small, you know, and it's tough for not only our staff but our customers. But you can only put so much there. So, you know, and with our smartphones and all of that, don't you have an app also? We do. Uh, the Bonite app, it's a free download, and, and it, it has loads of information. It actually has pictures of insects and diseases, mm-hmm. and then it takes you to uh, information about how to control each particular problem. It talks about the life cycle of the insect, for example, and we, uh, we always include, you know, IPM, integrated pest management ideas to uh, take care of pests before you need to use the, the pesticide. Uh, also on the app, that it, it lists all the products that we have that uh, will take care of that particular pest, and you can choose from the different options. You know, we have, you know, several organic products as well as the synthetic products. So, mm-hmm. you know, there are choices that you can make, and it's spelled out pretty pretty well on our app, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it takes you, again, to the directions. You can read the directions right on the app and uh, decide which products to use and see how to use them. So appreciate you asking about that, Tom. We're going to come back to the dormant oil. We're going to take a quick break, Art. Uh, Art Crockett from the Bonide Company. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. We know you have lots of choices when buying plants and garden supplies. But wouldn't you rather come to someone at your local garden center where you know us and we know you? Someone who knows Maine soil, Maine's climate, and knows what plants will thrive here. Someone who will make sure you find what you're looking for here or at one of our other independent garden centers. We support each other and work together to satisfy you. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the Independent Garden Centers of Maine at maineigc.com. Do you have planting insurance? You can with Biotone Starter Plus from Mespoma. It's the ultimate starter plant food, and you can use it for everything you plant. Just mix it in with the soil. It works like three products in one to guarantee your success, even in poor soils. 
The Secret is a special blend of natural organic plant food, beneficial microbes, and mycorrhizal fungi. The result is that plants grow faster, roots grow deeper, and flowers and vegetables become more abundant. Maintain your plants with the Tones, a full line of organic plant foods including Holly Tone, Plant Tone, and Rose Tone. There's a tone for almost every tree, shrub, flower, or vegetable. Best of all, every Espoma product is safe for people, pets, and the environment. Look for Biotone Starter Plus at your local garden center and visit espoma.com slash videos for product info and valuable gardening tips. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. At highway speeds, the average text takes your eyes off the road for about five seconds. That's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Stop texts, stoprex.org. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we're talking with Art Crockett today from the Bonite Company. And uh, Art, how are you today? Doing real fine, Tom. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for being on. It really helps. You know, this is that tough time of year. You know, we're talking about deer. We're talking about insects, you know. And it's that time of year where really the gardening season here in Maine is over. And how we can help ourselves get in a better situation for next year and take those steps when we don't have as much going on in the garden. So let's continue the discussion about all-season oil because customers get really confused about this when they read the label and they're like, dormant application, what does that mean? Summer application, you know. So talk to us a little bit about how you use this product throughout the different times of the, the growing season. Well, first of all, to know that the way that the oil spray works is it coats and suffocates eggs, larvae, and adults. So... You know, it has to hit the pest, and then it will coat it and kill it. It's a very safe product to use. It's uh, a natural, actually, mm-hmm. and um, you can use it any time of year. Now that we're getting late in the year, you think of it for the dormant time of year, and this time of year you can use the heavier solutions, mm-hmm. okay, so that when you take a look at those labels, I always recommend everyone read the label before they use the product. You can, if you read through, you can see that there's different rates depending on the time of year. So, you know, you can figure that in the summertime when, when there's leaves on the trees and the sun is shining, you don't want to use it quite at the strength that you can in the wintertime. So, matter of fact, the normal uh, temperature ranges, I always say 85. The label says 90, but I use 85 for every product. Just, you know, don't spray when it's warmer than 85. Right. And then uh, 40 degrees is the minimum, okay? And it says it, you know, right on the label. So we need so, a nice, uh, nice warm day where, you know, so in the off-season, we want to make sure it's a good day, it's nice and warm, you know, middle of the day, spraying, you know, where in the summer months, we probably don't want to be anywhere near the middle of the day, probably first thing in the morning or later in the evening. Right, yeah, we always like to recommend uh, applications at the, at the beginning or the end of the day when there's not so much wind and as well, so for mm-hmm. a few reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the oil spray rate vary a bit besides the fact of you know the time of year but it it also varies a bit based on what test you're going after and it has all that information you know right on the label right so for example if it's going after an aphid or a spider mite you know you might not need it as strong as if uh, you're going after scale right so you mentioned the the magnolia i'm guessing you were thinking of scale and yeah it's been awful up here yeah yeah, the scales, those are trouble, and, and really, the, this is really the best time. I mean, you know, you talked about uh, really what you're saying when the gardening season is over, Tom, and all the fun stuff's over, but now is 
a very important time of year to take care of things so that next spring you can have fun with the flowers and forget about the pests, you know. So if you take care of them now, you'll have less problem later. So more specific on the rates, generally speaking, you know, we're looking at two and a half tablespoons to the gallon for certain pests and in the summer, and then you can bump it up to five tablespoons to the gallon uh, in the wintertime for the dormant sprays, even more to seven and a half, but it depends, again, on what crop, what pest, you know, what plant. It's the, you know, the label is kind of confusing, but it's all right there. If you check it out, it'll tell you exactly what to do. And, and you know, it's important that if you as a customer don't know what the problem is, bring a sample in. Even in the off-season, you know, if you see egg casings on your plant, cut a little piece off, throw it in a baggie, bring it on into the garden center. We'll actually diagnose it. If we don't know, we'll get in touch with Cooperative Extension or someone else that can tell us, the state, and then we'll make sure you have the right product to do the right job at the right rate, which makes all the world a difference. And with Magnolia, this is the best time with scale In general, the off-season is the time to fight the fight. Late fall and then early spring, because there's no leaves, there's no extra stuff around. Making sure to clean up all your debris is also another important thing, isn't it, Art? That's that's right. Uh, You know, that goes with uh, diseases that that plants, as well as insect problems. You know, getting rid of the debris in the fall is definitely a, a must. Uh, you know, you mentioned the scale. One, one thing about the scale to me is that it's interesting, and you talked about consumers not knowing for sure what the problem is. Bringing in a sample is the best way, but those scales, you, you would take a look at those on a, ho- on a holly, for example. You might think they were part of the plant because they're just a little bump there that, that look like, you know, part of the bark on the branch and you wouldn't realize what they are. Right. Uh, but when that plant is suffering, or if you see uh, like a black moldy material on the leaves, yeah, that sooty you know, mildew is a clear sign, isn't it? That's right. If you see that moldy mildew, the black stuff, then that's really a, a sign of the insect problem. You know, most people might not realize that. But if something doesn't look right on that plant, take a cutting and bring it in to, to Tom and have, let him take a look at it. You know, that's uh, very important to have the proper diagnosis so we can get the proper product to take care of the pest. So. And going to your website, there's a wealth of information about all the insects and different diseases. You guys have a great kiosk in all of our stores with a nice little you know, monitor that you can pick different things, in, and it brings up different pictures. You know, So it's really important. When we go online, going to a trusted source like your website really does help. It helps our staff. It also helps our customers, where when you go online sometimes and you Google you know, magnolia problems, it could come up with a million different things and absolutely can make customers more confused on what actually you know, the problems are. You know, Tom, one, one thing I've noticed, too, when I've Googled things is some of the information is just years and years old. Absolutely. Uh, some of those websites still recommend products that have long since been taken off the market and for good reason. And, mm-hmm. and you know, with our website, it's all up-to-date, obviously. And, and, again, you know, I'm sure important to your customers, we have so many natural organic products that are safe to use. And, and I guess, you know, we've tried to encourage you to use it safely and according to the directions, too. So That's, that's why I talk so many times about using the right product at the right time. You may have an organic product that works wonderful for certain insects, soft-bodied insects like aphids and stuff like that. But then when you kind of get to scale, you know, yes, 
the you know oils are less invasive you know and, but sometimes we have to use the right product for the right situation and you know organics are wonderful and we use them in all ways that we possibly can but really diagnosing the problem and then fitting the right thing to do the job in one application is better than something you might buy that doesn't do the job and you have to do multiple applications all season and you actually set yourself up to kind of not understand that you actually could be doing more harm to the environment. Oh, that's a good point, Tom. You know. So, you know, with all of these things, the off-season, you know, last and but not least, are fruit trees. Again, preparing for the following season, you know, fruit trees, it's good this time of year and then early before they bloom, whether it be, you know, the dormant oils. But also, let's talk about fungicide because at this time of year, Fruit trees really need a fungicide application, don't they? Well, that's right. It's kind of easy to overlook that. You know, everyone knows about the dormant oil spray quite a bit, but uh, take care of diseases in the fall is really a, a great time to do that. Our liquid copper is a product that you might want to uh, consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just several different problems that it takes care of, and and again, you know, most folks aren't really thinking so much about diseases and you know prevention. Uh, it goes such a long way. So mm-hmm. the liquid copper for your fruit trees goes a long way for several different problems. And one one problem that always in the fall I, I find really making an application would be peach leaf curl. You know, getting that down because you don't see the signs until late spring and you always forget about it early spring. So doing that application on your peaches, you know, is a good, good situation. And then obviously if you have fruit trees in general that are always having insect and disease problems, you know, a spray of the oil one week and then, you know, doing a copper spray the next week really will set yourself up to knock out a lot of those problems on the buds, things that are kind of harboring for next year. And then right right down on the calendar, you know, early March, that first warm spell, get out there and do the same thing again. That's right. As I've said before, prevention for diseases go a long way and timing is everything because Tom mentioned the leaf coral, you know, at the time when you see it, it's too late, you know, so to do it ahead of time. So taking care of it in the fall for dormant time just makes so much sense. And there's several, you know, fruit trees get so many different problems. The one I think about is that bacterial canker that you see on peaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it sometimes on the native uh, wild cherries. and Yeah, cho- and really, you know, a lot of the, the old, old cherries, yeah. Yeah, they get, you know, those old ones get those huge cankers on them, but... You know, they can do a number on your peach trees, uh, that, that canker. And, um, you know, if you have it, the best thing to do is prune it out. That's, you know, quite often the first line of defense is physical removal. Right. Uh, but in order to prevent spread, using the, uh, the liquid copper in the fall is the right time for that. Just, just like fire blighted, you know, if, if fire blighted is a problem on your apples, et cetera, um, you know, actually applying it in the fall, even though the problem is not till spring, you know, the right time to do it. Absolutely. And last but not least, before we wrap up here, let's talk a little bit about your Wilt Stop product. All righty. Well, our Wilt Stop uh, is, is timely right now, that's for sure. Um, what, it, what it is, is it's actually a, a resin from a pine tree that we've, uh, I guess, cooked down, if you will, but it's uh, able to, move, to go through a sprayer. We have it in a ready-to-use, or you can you know, put it in a hose-in or a pump-up type um, of sprayer. But what it, what it does is it, it coats evergreen leaves to, to stop moisture loss. So, you know, we use it this time of year for um, any broadleaf evergreens, uh, 
that are out in the wind and, you know, suffer winter damage, you know, roadies, azaleas, mountain laurel, et cetera, um, for now. It's actually uh, used for uh, Christmas greens as well. So if you if you spray your uh, your wreaths before uh, you put them up on your front door, they're not going to turn brown uh, right away. And uh, uh, even on a Christmas tree or, or on roping, uh, on any greens, you can uh, use, use the Wiltstock product. That's extremely timely because, you know, we keep talking to customers about they need to think about decorating a little bit sooner. You know, a lot of our suppliers are done producing their Christmas greens, you know, and whatnot. It's a really great product to use so that, you know, when you put that roping up early, it doesn't look brown by mid-December. You know, everything, all Christmas products are produced earlier and earlier. And, you know, anything we can do to help that out. What I find is we do um, a lot of this type of spraying on some of our mail-order wreaths that we send to Southern Location. It's an option for our mail-order wreaths. You can click on the button and, you know, we're supposed to spray it down with an anti-desiccant. And, you know, it's a great way to help, you know, if you've got an area that you have to put your wreath in between your storm door and your regular door, it's a great way to really help and keep that, that wreath as fresh as possible. If, you, if you've never tried it, check it out. You, you'll be amazed at how well it works. It really makes a big difference, and it's very cost-effective. I mean, it's not; it goes a long way. And, you know, a simple spray down, especially the sunny side, you know, if, if you've got roping and it's only in one direction, you know, spraying it down, it will. that sunny side really makes a huge difference. I agree with you, Art. Well, Art, I'd like to thank you. Uh, we'll have you on again. Uh, it's been a great, great interview, and uh, enjoy your holiday season. Well, Tom, thank you very much. It's great to be here. And just if I could, one last reminder to your listeners to check out bonide.com. Absolutely. All right, Art. Have a great holiday season, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tom. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. For over 60 years, Wilt Proof has provided the most effective protection against moisture loss in plants under water stress, and no other product comes close. Our non-hazardous, organic, and biodegradable film is like having several layers of protection. As the outside layer of Wilt Proof wears off with the weather, another layer forms. Wiltproof is the only horticulture anti-transparent that has the ability to provide this long-lasting protection. Put your trust in Wiltproof. Check out their site at wiltproof.com. That's wilt-proof.com. The drifting scent of balsam in the air can mean only one thing. It's Christmas time at Estabrooks in Yarmouth. Transform your house into a home for the holidays with fresh greens, bright red winter berries, glistening ribbon, rustic pine cones, and twinkling lights. No time to decorate? Choose from a wide selection of handsomely decorated wreaths and holiday baskets or have an expert at the Holiday Design Center personalize a special wreath for your door. The holidays are here. Make them special with a little help from Estabrooks. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of the holidays. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. We've had a great interview with Art Crockett. You know, it's that dog days of late fall, just before the holiday season. You know, you're thinking about putting your Christmas tree lights and all of that. Getting some of these sprays down on some of these plants. Like, for instance, I have six apple trees that line my driveway. 
And I'm going to spray them down with a dormant oil and also an application of fungicide. Because I did have some problems last year before I put my Christmas lights up. So this is why it's kind of timely that we wanted to talk to him about some of these things. Now, if you had a lot of black spot, if you had a lot of, you know, issues with, say, seed or apple rust, if you had problems with a few insects, the nice part about the dormant oil is it really does smother a lot of those problems. And let's face it, everything that is going to be there for next year is has been, the eggs are laid. So if you have a recurring problem being proactive at this time, when we have more time, there isn't a lot going on in the yard. We don't have to mow our lawns. We don't have to go and weed. We don't have all of these other things. And it's kind of, you know, right at that snow time frame where it might happen, it might not, you're not sure. This is a great, perfect time to do it just before, you know, you have to get really busy for the holiday season. So we're going to wrap up the show here. We just got a few minutes left. And, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about our, our greenhouse market. November 23rd and 24th, going to have a whole host of vendors. It's great. It's a wonderful use for our greenhouses, you know, and all kinds of great vendors, cool, cool artisan gifts, things that you aren't going to find at your local mall or other places. Beat the crowds, folks. There's not going to be, you know, that craziness, you know, that you get at the mall, Black Friday, all of that stuff. But also, a lot of our products are going to be in to start decorating. So when you come, you're going to come and check out all of these things. Now, there's a couple tips I wanted to give you. Number one, a lot of our products are going to be in stock. Number two, even if you're not ready to actually put the stuff up, come in. Place your orders for your bows. Place your order for your Rias Decorated. Get everything all ordered up. This weekend, and then the following weekend, it's all be it'll all be done. You'll be ready to pick it up. You know, we can set it aside for you. Place the order. Then you know all of your wreaths are set aside. You know you just have to pick them up. You know you can save time on a busy weekend right before, you know, the craziness starts, you know, right after Thanksgiving. So you're coming in, you're saving time and energy. And you're able to just go and do the work. Now, like we talked earlier, check out your Christmas tree stand because you might want to take a look at that. Get out your lights and test those. That's another thing, you know, that you always do early. They're available. They're out for sale now. Think about putting down any extension cords and running power to where you need to do your lights. You know, pick that warm, warm evening. You know, but get everything organized. Make sure you have enough extension cords, all of that fun stuff. Let's face it, every single year, the lights change. Everything that you or your wife wants to do, it changes every single season. Okay, so plan. Try to take the stress out of it. Christmas trees are coming soon. You know, so if you get all of this decorating done, bring in your porch pots. You got a container you want us to fill with greens, put berries in it, bring it this weekend, the 23rd and 24th, and what will happen is we can thaw out the soil, we can fill the with new soil, we can get the greens in it, and then when you come back, it'll all be done. You can just pick it up. 
we can't handle the volume, you know, when you bring your containers in and you want us to do it right then. It just doesn't work. We ha- it takes time to fill all these things, and we want to do a really nice job for you. So, again, our greenhouse market, the 23rd and 24th, come on the 23rd. You can come back on the 24th if you need to buy more stuff. But the 23rd, all the vendors are going to be there. Some of the vendors won't be there on the 24th. Get out there and think about doing all of that prep material. Do the fungicides on the fruit trees. Do the insecticides on the problem plants. You know, get your wilt proof down. Your last minute bulb installation should happen. If you haven't, you bought those bulbs like we talked about weeks ago. Now we're getting towards the end. You got to get them in the ground. There's no way about it. You know, we're not going to be chipping through frost here soon. So you need to get out there. Make sure you get your bulbs in there. And then, of course, last but not least, plan out that menu for Thanksgiving. You know, make sure you don't buy the frozen turkey and you leave it in the freezer until six hours before you need to need to cook it. I've made that mistake before, folks. So be careful about that. You know, think about getting that out, you know, letting it unthaw, you know, or go to a nice local farm. Get your turkey ordered so that you're all set. You got that nice fresh turkey. And of course, Take the holiday and relax. I know a lot of stores are open on Thanksgiving this year, and I've talked about this in past shows. I really want you to stress on family and just relaxing on Thanksgiving. We are closed on Thanksgiving, and it's important to us you know, to have our whole staff have the day. We're open many holidays all season long. For us, Thanksgiving is one that we, we kind of have to reflect on the year. It's been a great Saturday. Tune in next week. If you have questions, certainly go to our website, estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. Get out there and enjoy your Saturday. We'll see you next week.